Chief, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, high top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Mr. Stephen Troche. Justin Waller is on the way. He's just running a few minutes late. Stephen, how the hell are you this morning, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Anytime I get to watch Tom Brady lose on national television, it's a great night for me. Okay. I'm I'm not a Tom Brady hater, but, you know, uh, I've also haven't spent... The, I guess the first twenty something years of my life watching uh, Jay Fiedler as my quarterback. So I get it. I get it. The, you know the hate's always real for, for for the really terrible franchises that have to watch a Brady do really well in that division. So I get why a Dolphin fan would hate him. I get why a Bills fan, Jets fans. I'm sorry, you probably hate everybody, including yourselves. Um, the the game itself, though, real quick. It, I know Bucks fans are going to think the sky is falling. It's just another NFL game. It's a team. It was two really good teams. I thought the the it did not shock me. By the way, I called this yesterday. Rams plus four and a half. I thought that even if if, if the Bucks did pull it out, that the Rams were going to cover the spread. So even if Brady had found a way to go down there and score a touchdown and win the game, they still covered the spread, right? Um, I just felt like that the Rams, for whatever reason, are being undervalued and the Bucks are being overvalued. I, I guess it's the Tom Brady thing, but I think these are two teams that can meet each other again in the playoffs. This is going to be a very solid playoff year in the NFC if you discount the NFC East, right? And uh, other than that, I think you're looking at two teams that are headed to the playoffs. This is for positioning. Maybe it costs them a position here or there. But the simple fact of the matter is the Bucks are not going to win their division. So it doesn't realistically matter in the whole grand scheme of things. They're going to be on the road for the foreseeable future in the NFL Plus. They're not going to catch the Saints, I don't think, because no. they have, they're have they now, what, essentially three games behind the Saints with five, six games to go. So I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And with the Rams, they still have an outside shot to win their division. And it will, honestly wouldn't shock me. I think they're actually probably the most of, – of all the teams out West, they're the only team in the West that I say doesn't have a major question mark, right? I mean, you've you've obviously get good quarterback play. Goff threw for 376 yards and three touchdowns. People can – poke fun of him all he wants, but the simple fact of the matter is when you throw for almost 400 yards against the Bucks defense, you you don't exactly suck, right? And yeah. the defense is solid. I think they're figuring out the run game. It's going to be a three-headed monster. It's not going to be anything crazy. Uh, I think a lot of people thought Cam Akers was going to have this great year. They just simply don't like to run the same running back. That's not Sean McVay's game. Sean McVay likes to throw different looks at you because he loves to run the the play action and the waggle off so many different plays that he likes to have all the different personnel. So that's where I see that. And as far as the bucks go, I just think that they're, they're still a team that's trying to figure themselves out. 
You had Tom Brady in the offseason, and then I don't think it helped things that they, you know, I, I know from a talent standpoint, everyone thought of it like a video game. Oh, we had Antonio Brown midseason, look out. You know how long it's going to take to figure him out and what you're going to do with him? I think it, they'll be lucky if they figure that out by the end of the year. So I think this team has a lot of capabilities, but they might have to dial back their expectations on what when they're going to use Antonio Brown and just dance with the girl that got you there, right? What say you? Um, no, the Bucks are definitely still a, gr- a good team, but I do kind of, uh, I, I kind of fear their chances in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, like we saw it last night, Brady's, you know, one thing, like the one way to always stop Brady is to get pressure on him. I mean, like I remember one play in particular, it was just a uh, swing pass to Fournette. The pressure wasn't even there yet, but Brady was so razzled by it. He uh, tried to rush the ball and just completely missed a five yard throw. I mean, that, that was the story all night. I mean, he just – he missed so many clear open looks because he was so afraid of the pressure. And a lot of teams he's going to face going forward and, it, you know, rest of the season and the playoffs have great pass rush. So, I mean, I, I don't think that Patriots are going to be able to, be able to overcome that. I mean, it's going to help a little bit when they get Ali Marpet back. So, I mean, like they are missing some talent on the offensive line. But, I mean, even the defense looked susceptible last night. I mean, they were supposed to be, you know, one of the top five defenses in the league. And they allowed Woods and Cup to both go over 100 yards. Goff to throw for almost 400. I, I think he may have broken the um, record for most completions on Monday Night Football last night. I know. I know he was close. I'm not 100 percent sure because I, I was I was flipping back and forth. I keep trying to watch the uh, you know the entire thing with with the volume on, but I just I'm not a big fan of the Monday Night Football crew, so I had it muted for quite a bit of it. Um, I don't hate it like I hated the crew last year. It's definitely an improvement. I just don't listen to it in, intently. It's, you know, it's like I said last night. This just it this Monday Night Football reminds me more of, and this is a little before your time, but uh, the NFL on TNT. The they did that in the in the late '80s all the way through the mid '90s, right? And you had this secondary group of broadcasters that didn't feel like they were prime time. They felt like that they were more of the, the group you would get on a random I mean honestly the group that we get on Monday Night Football they do a fine job but they feel more like the group you would expect to get on a Lions Bears game on a on a meaningless week 12 1 p.m. kickoff as opposed to a primetime game so I I it's hard for me to stay with the broadcast because you know the wife comes home you start making dinner and whatnot, and I put her through enough of listening to enough sports. I can't have her listen to that junk all, all night long, so we'll throw it on a sitcom and then mute the game. I'll usually have the uh, you know the the, uh, the closed captioning on in case something important happens, but I honestly don't follow it. Uh, play. I, I do know that Cup finished with 145 yards and I think 16 catches, but I could be wrong on that one. And uh, I also know that it was like 375 between 375 and 380 yard touchdown uh, yards for golf. But as far as records being broken, I, I'm not 100 sure. The record was 40 completions on Monday Night Football and golf at 39 last night. Well, you want to hear something funny? The uh, one one of the fantasy the fantasy channel on XM. One of their shows, one of their main shows. I mean, they were all over the props last night, right? And they were laughing at the props 
from the Monday Night Football, and and so I jotted them down. They did a six. They did six of them. They got every damn one of them wrong. Every single one of them. Now this is a fantasy football uh, station, so realize you shouldn't be taking your gambling advice from a fantasy football station but it's funny how they were like are you serious there's no way golf gets 269 yards past or maybe it was 279 and he cruised past that and there were a bunch of other props that i won't bore you with but anyways um let's go ahead and take a quick break when we come back justin's on his way regardless we got a lot to talk about in a little time to do it so we'll be back at a flash in about 90 seconds here on the armchair quarterbacks keep it locked in here to cbs sports radio make contact a collective psychosis is sweeping the nation we're in the thick of the haze craze and elysian is introducing an altered state of ipa Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the school ball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. Let me go Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You say your name right, right now. Denise. Say it right. Denise. Correctly. Denise. Right. Denise. Right. Denise. That's better. <sighs> Thank you. I've always been crazy, but it's kept me from going insane. Welcome back. Tuesday morning. On the armchair quarterbacks. As we are riding shotgun here with you, and, uh, Steven, uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump into this. We got a little time to do this, and man, do we got a lot to cover uh, in a little time. Uh, man, I got too much paper. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and start off with your DFS things that you like and don't like going into this week. Remember, y'all, we're not doing shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so we decided we're going to squeeze a little bit of this stuff in. Uh, we will put up a DFS team. Um, I'll get with Sean and, uh, Steven over the weekend and I'll put one up on the, on the, on the Facebook page, but we're not going to do a show. We're trying to let everyone have an actual happy Thanksgiving weekend. So we're, what are you liking so far that you're seeing in the DFS? Cause I, I got some stuff jotted down, but I don't want to step on your toes. So quarterbacks, what, we'll start there. What, what do you like for, uh, quarterbacks this week? Uh, one of my favorite plays that sticks out right away is uh, Derek Carr, 5,700. He, get, he gets to go into Atlanta, so we have a dome game there. 
And we've seen that he really gets his uh, like fantasy relevant volume in games with the high octane passing offenses. We saw the we saw the Chiefs shred uh, the uh, Raiders on Sunday night. They're going into Atlanta. Atlanta's going to be looking to bounce back. So like I see Carr throwing a lot in this game. And fifty seven hundred, that's a great price. Yeah, I, that that one did jump off at the at the board. I Me, mean, I had that jotted down. I don't know who we're going to get Bridgewater or PJ Walker come Sunday. This is obviously five days out. So we're doing a lot of speculation, whoever it is. I like either Bridgewater or PJ Walker going up against the Vikings this weekend. Vikings are getting gashed through the air. PJ Walker's at 5,400 and uh, Bridgewater's at 6,300. So honest engine from a DFF standpoint, kind of hope that he doesn't play. But I'm not trying to wish ill will on anybody. P.J. Walker put up some pretty good numbers, and I think he could get a pretty good week out of P.J. Walker, 5,400. And if he plays, he looks like that his guy is going to be D.J. Moore. Now, who knows? It's only one game sample size, but that could be his guy. So if that were to happen, I would be trying to handcuff uh, D.J. Moore to him. If... It's Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. I may not go that same route. I may, I may not, I, you know, I, I might be a little more hesitant to go the Bridgewater route because you can't stack Bridgewater with someone unless I go with, if I, if Bridgewater plays, maybe I, I stack them with Robbie Anderson. They're both sitting about a hundred dollars apart on, on a DraftKings this week. Um, running backs. What do you like this week? Um, I mean, some, Going back to the Oakland game, I mean, Josh Jacobs is only seventy two hundred. I mean, put that in, you know price comparison. Dalvin Cook's ninety five hundred. Yeah, that's so you, steep. Like, you get, that's steep. Yeah, you, know, you get a twenty three hundred dollars saving for a like a true workhorse running back against the team that really can't stop the run. If Derek Carr's not able to get it working uh, through the air, Josh Jacobs should get it done. Uh, I also like um, going back to the well here. Uh, Salvin Ahmed at fifty one hundred. That's who I have circled fifty one hundred. I think he'll have a much better game this week against the Jets. I mean, he he left and he he had I think he left mid game with a shoulder injury. Came back and still at eighty five percent of the, uh, running back snaps and touches. I mean, I'm also liking. Uh, this is more of a flyer because um, Kareem uh, Nick Nick Chubb is back, but Kareem Hunt's only fifty six hundred. This is a game where we could easily see both running backs hit hundred yards again. Yeah, because I honestly think that's going to be a grind them out game for Cleveland fans. Don't think you're just going to walk into Jacksonville and get that W. I think that's going to be a, a tougher game. They played the Packers well. They they laid a dud with some turnovers against the um, the. Hold on, Justin's joining us. They laid a dud against the Steelers with turnovers, but they were in it towards the end of the second. Excuse me, towards the end of the first half, second quarter, until that ridiculous deflection interception. So yeah, I, I like that play as well. What what receivers are you on this week? I mean the the obvious one is Justin Jefferson with Adam Thielen out. I mean give that guy some volume and he is gonna just he could absolutely explode. He gets like he's at home against Carolina, got the dome game. Every game he has over uh six targets, he's gone for twenty uh, he's gone 21, 39, 30. So when you give him that kind of volume again, he is just, that's just screaming a breakout game. But 
everybody's going to have him. So the two the two cheaper options that I've got my eye on this week is Michael Pittman sitting at five thousand. He had a good game against the Titans a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're going to play again. I, I expect Pittman to be heavily involved. They got him involved against Green Bay, so this isn't a fluke. And then also Shepard is going into Cincinnati with the Giants. And I he's at 5,100. I like that as far as tight ends. I like Cooper at, th- at 3,800 this week. Uh, Justin, didn't mean to ignore you. Welcome to the show, sir. Trying to do six things at once. Uh, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like my world this morning. Um, just glad to be here. Glad to be back. Uh, yeah, we missed you. Unexpected hiatus, man. Uh, I've missed it myself. So, uh, good morning, everybody. Top of the morning to you. Morning. Uh, before before we move on to the next thing, Stephen, you got any other guys that you want to throw at us? Um, keep an eye on the status of John Brown going into this week. If he is not playing, then I love Cole Beasley at fifty five hundred. When uh, John Brown has not been in the lineup. He has been the uh, he's 16th in the NFL in um, points per target. Okay, and just points per game in general. He's a PPR stud. Okay, and uh, that was our DFS. Uh, a look at our DFS for people who who don't play DFS. I strongly suggest it's a lot of fun. Even if you go to a free league just to just to play to see you know how you can do it's it's a lot of fun it's fun especially if you're in fantasy leagues and you're like well this team sucks this year well you can go over to dfs and try to you know have a have a fighting chance um real quick before we move on to the next thing Tua tongue of viola being benched does that worry you if you're a Tua owner fantasy wise i'm not i'm not talking about long-term with the Dol- I know they're going to stick with him with the Dolphins organization, but does that concern you a little bit, being a Dolphin fan, being a fantasy player? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, just as a normal you know football fan, it doesn't you know uh, really sit well. Like, you never like to see the uh, rookie quarterbacks bench mid game, especially like in the coach comes out and says, "Oh, we're just doing it for now. He's going to ease into the starter going forward." That just always rubs me the wrong way, but. I mean, he's got some pretty decent matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks, so I, I think I think he'll be able to bounce back. Well, I th- I think the honest okay. So here's the thing: normally, when you have a rookie quarterback, you're not fighting for a playoff spot. But Flores is in a weird position where he's got an accomplished veteran sitting on the bench. He sees his rookie struggling on the road, and he's just trying to get some kind of a of a bump out of his offense. And look. If the if the offense didn't like it, then they need to perform better next week for Tua when they take on the Jets. But I I, I understand why why Flores did it, and I I, I didn't hate it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. He threw the uh, interception at the end, but at least he got the ball moving in the right direction before that interception. Um, I guess I the, like the biggest problem going forward on that team is not anyone in the quarterback room itself. It's just having Chan Gailey as the play call, like as a play caller, he just really hasn't looked in sync. Really didn't have Chan Gailey doing a bad job as a play caller. <laughs> Rinse and repeat that every year and for every every yeah. stop he's ever made. Justin can attest to that. <laughs> Amen. I feel like Chan Gailey's been with the Dolphins organizations for fifty two years. He always finds his way back in in there somehow. I don't know how the hell he does it, but he but he's. He, he he must work dirt cheap like like he must have a home that's already you know hooked up for him up down there. 
He's got like an Airbnb that he's got a lot of credit for down there at South Beach. Um, okay, we're moving on from th- from that. Uh, our uh, first of all, Stephen. Before I forget, what's your pick against the spread this week? Um, I'm actually going to go one on the uh, Thursday night slate. Okay. I'm looking at uh, Houston and Detroit uh, over 51 and a half. Detroit al- like always seems to show up on Thanksgiving and. Like, like, you know, Deshaun Watson can put up points. He's going to be looking to throw the ball a lot on Thursday. Okay. Now let's get to the um, six-pack of our fantasy football six-pack. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Steven. Uh, Justin, before I look like a fool, do you have some? I drank my beers already, boss. <laughs> So do you have some? It's a four pack. No. I'm, oh, I'm okay. Okay. So then that's fine. Uh, Steven, we'll go back and forth on uh, six. And then if any pop in your head, Justin, just throw them in there. What's your first one, Steven? Uh, first one, if you're looking for receiver help this week, I'm going to go uh, Nelson Aguilar. Had nine, six catches on nine targets, 88 yards and a touchdown against Kansas City. And I mean, he's what? Got one, two, three, four, five, six touchdowns on the year. I think that, that offense is in a great spot to put up some numbers again this week. All right. My first guy that I'm going to go with is Gus Edwards. It's for obvious reasons. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are both out for, for a COVID-19. Now, here's the here's the one caveat I'll put. In most, in most, year, most weeks, I'd be like, hell yeah, man. Edwards might get 60 yards and a touchdown. Edwards going against Pittsburgh Steelers rush defense. I don't know if that's realistic. If that's realistic, so it's a it's it's my number one running back to pick up. But you have to be desperate to be grabbing him. You can't just be putting him in there just for giggles. And this will be the only week he'll be worth having. So don't dump something good out of your lineup per se. But if you're in a tight spot, Gus Edwards should be a decent play. He's at least to get the volume. Of course, with that being said, they'll have some kind of goofy thing where they'll put Willie Sneed in the backfield or something or blow everything up. But as of right now, he is the only healthy running back in the Baltimore backfield of the three-headed monster that we normally see. They're they're obviously bringing guys up from the practice squad and whatnot, but that's my number one guy. Who's your number two? Uh, number two, I'm going to go um, James White. Rex Burkhead tore his ACL. He's going to be out for the season. So, like, like we're going to see White step up as more of that pass catching back. And, I mean, they get some uh, good game scripts the next few weeks against Arizona, the Chargers, and the Rams. I, 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 I think he's going to be a favorite target of uh, Cam Newton going forward. I just don't trust James White as far as I can throw him. Um, every- I mean, who else – there's not. There's really not that much available. That's that's the main thing. There's right, like the running waiver wire running back is a barren wasteland. Well, it, it, if they plan on trying to win games in New England, I kind of figured that they're going to lean on the running game itself, and he's not going to get rushes. It's going to be uh, between Harris and they're also getting Michelle off the IR. They he, he might actually be active this week, so they might just go to a straight pounding game because. The least amount of passes you can have Cam Newton throw, the least amount of chances you have of turning the ball over. So I, but I do I do get what you're saying. He's our only real pass catching back. I just, ugh, I mean, I, I, like, the, the thing is, most leagues are PPR nowadays. 
even if he gets a Jameson Crowder 10 catches for 40 yards, that's still 10 points. In a full PPR, yes, I I, I agree. In a full PPR in a deep league, yeah, I, 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 exa- I see exactly what you're saying with that. I mentioned him already, uh, Michael Pittman. He is owned in only about 35% of leagues. I'd, I mean, I'd say go out there and grab him. If, he, if he's available in your leagues, grab him. He is a, he's on his way up. He's shooting on the way up. And he's looking more and more like he's going to be their receiver going forward, uh, especially for the rest of this year. It, it looks like that him and Rivers are starting to get on the same page. Who, who's your next guy? Next guy I'm going to go uh... – Keep an eye on the status, but I don't see any higher potential at uh, receiver this week. I, I mentioned him in the uh, DFS segment, uh, Cole Beasley. Okay. And I and I will see your Cole Beasley and raise you as Sterling Shepard, as we've already talked about him. 53% owned. I think Sterling Shepard should have a nice game against Cincinnati. They should get a couple of more uh, chances with the football, with uh, Joe Burrow being out for the season. Now I think they're going to have a hard time moving the football, so – I, I kind of suspect uh, Sterling Shepard to have a nice game this week. Um, real quick, before you take off, Stephen, A, are there any staples at your Thanksgiving t- uh, table that you absolutely must have every Thanksgiving? I mean, aside from the obvious turkey, you got to have some good mashed potatoes. you got to have some uh, green bean casserole. And... What is one thing in sports you are thankful for and your walk-off? Um, I'm, with the craziness of this year, I'm really thankful that, I mean, outside of the, uh, uh, right, like the right Armstead news, none of the, uh, the athletes have really been hit too hard by COVID. Mo- like most have been able to recover. I mean, there's been a couple of cases, but for the most part, it's like they, they've stayed relatively healthy and it, like with all the risk that they put in to try to play, it's, that's just that's really good to like to know. I'll tell you I'm one thankful. thing I'm I'm not thankful for is that they're already talk, talking about putting a pin in the a men's college basketball season as a bunch of the uh, games have been canceled and now uh, news came out this morning that they're going to uh, put a pin in the men's college basketball season. So I don't know what the hell that means. How long they're gonna? I mean, I said all along if they were this concerned about COVID and all the the, the common sense would say wait till after the holidays to start college basketball. Like, like, why do this before Thanksgiving and and uh, and Christmas when you have all the kids traveling and you know more, that that's all that's always why the flu season kicks up. So why the hell even play during during the holidays if you're not already if you don't have to like football because you've already started your season? Why 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 the hell do it? I I just didn't get that at all. All right, brother. Well, we will see you next week. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll get with you on our DFS lineup to put up on the Facebook page this weekend. No, sounds good. Have a good day, guys. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to be back in a flash when we come back. Justin and I have got a lot to talk about and a little time to get into it, so keep it locked in here on the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio. I'm bad at sex. There's a lot of thrashing and thumping, but nothing really is done. I'm like a broken dishwasher. The bartender asked me, say, son, what'll it be? I want a shot of that red yonder looking at me. CBS Sports Radio's Armchair Quarterbacks Drive Time. The new normal for 2020. I see out
Do you love to shop for guns? We're also looking for friendly service? Well, the search is over. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine is the friendly gun shop. The staff is very knowledgeable. Frank and Kirk can answer whatever questions you may have and assist you with your AR build. They have a great selection of ammo at great prices. They also carry a full line of targets, cleaning supplies, Lucas Oil products, and firearm magazines. Top Gun Supply is a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by Top Gun Supply of St. Augustine, 525 State Road 16, here in the Westgate Plaza. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. the armchair quarterbacks radio show and facebook live we're talking baseball that's the armchair quarterbacks talking baseball the last segment of the armchair quarterbacks radio show and facebook live fantasy sports is back and it's time to jump into DraftKings. go to DraftKings today at draftkings.com golf nascar soccer you name it and of course Major League Baseball, Basketball, Hockey, and Football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterbacks Show on Facebook today. I had a plan, was a big baseball player. I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm a strain left just a little. PGA is back again, and the armchair quarterbacks will be covering it from top to bottom. Tiger, Lefty, Brooks, and Rory, and everyone in between. The PGA on the armchair quarterbacks. The season is back, and the armchair quarterbacks are teeing off on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm how the hell can you wear a Bears jersey at a Packer game? Okay, maybe he doesn't understand why it's wrong. Let me tell you in a way how you can understand. The Packers are like the Jedi. <laughs> and you're wearing a Go Darth Vader jersey. Oh, that's ridiculous. The Jedi don't play football. They play Manuku. <laughs> Foreman, this is worse than when you wore the Air Supply t-shirt to the Aerosmith concert. I've been to Georgia on a fast train, honey. I was at home no yesterday. Got a good Christian raisin land. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Justin Waller and I take you all the way to the top of the hour. It's good to see Justin this week. Uh, Missed, missed him having him on, and uh, he will be out of commission tomorrow. Tomorrow we will have Sean O'Toole. Tony Agolini is going to stop by, by the way, uh, so, so we will get to talk to him this week as well. So we're trying to get everyone in, in this week. And uh, uh, Matt Carr is joining us at the top of the hour, so I can't wait to make fun of our Celtics on some of the stupid things they've been doing. But anyways, uh, let's move on from that. Um, Justin. Before we get any – oh, by the way, I meant to mention this because I'm trying to do one apiece because they're, they're all getting that question, uh, what do they want for Thanksgiving and um, 
one thing they're thankful for in sports. And what I meant to do, but we're running out of time, was with Steven, I was going to say he took one of mine, green bean casserole. That's number one with the bullet for me. You have to have that on Thanksgiving dinner, and I don't care about anything else. Now, obviously, turkey is, is implied, but that's the one thing that I'm like, no, we got to have it because it's the only time of the year I'll eat it. You can have it at Christmas, but I don't get excited about it at Christmas. I don't know. I'm weird when it comes to that. There's certain things I, I got to have at Christmas like ham that I don't want at Thanksgiving and vice versa. But uh, anyways, um, and then my one thing to, to be thankful for in fantasy, I was going to mention that I drafted Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook in a lot of leagues. Uh, I won't get into the things that I'm not thankful for uh, that I drafted. And uh, anyways, moving on from that, we'll get Justin's here in a second. Um, the Titans, Ravens, what a game. Man, I hated that you weren't on yesterday morning because, my God, when a when A.J. Brown trucked the entire Baltimore secondary now, let me ask you this. Remember back in the day when it used to be illegal to push a guy and and number 13 literally was just using him like a snowplow? Uh, what say you on the uh, Titans versus uh, Ravens? Yeah, uh, man, it reminded me of the old Central days. That was a that was a dogfight. I thought it was two thousand for a little bit the way that uh, these teams were were going at it. But uh, it was impressive uh, for Brown to be able to get that in and uh, keep the game going. To the I can do that better when the King spoke and uh, all the people listened and Derrick Henry just shut the door at the end of the night. Um, it was pretty amazing. Um, what the hell was the deal with them getting on the in the middle of the field and pregame and s dancing on their logo or whatever the hell they were doing? I mean, is there a backstory to that, or did they just decide to do that to stir up the hornet's nest? I have no idea. I missed that. Uh, I, I didn't see the dancing. I just saw Vrabel and Harbaugh um, exchange pleasantries over – I think Malcolm Butler and John Harbaugh had some words. I, maybe it was about the dancing. I just yeah. Well, I, I don't I know. Dancing is the, the right dancing. word, but they came out to the middle of the field, got on the logo. It was the entire team, all, practically. Well, um, and they were like on the logo, and then a couple of them were like, I don't know how you want, like chicken scratching the logo with their feet. You know what I mean? And then that, and then that brought some Ravens players out to go, "What the hell are you doing?" And then they were lipping at each other, and then that's when Vrabel and Harbaugh, but I, I, what I didn't get, and I never saw anything about it, was what what spurred that on? Did the I tell you what spurred it on that butt whooping that uh, the Titans took up to Baltimore last playoff season? I yeah, mean, but that's what. That's why what would they, why would they be doing that? They won the game. Uh, probably some jawing this week. Or do you have uh, any idea? Hey. Did Baltimore ever do that to Tennessee's logo? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like what spurred this on? Because normally when that happens, it's because they've had enough of, of listening or some or someone did that to them kind of thing like if in other words if Ohio State and Oklahoma play each other and Ohio State pregame comes out and takes their flag and slams in the middle of Oklahoma's logo yeah. I'll go oh I remember that that was the Baker Mayfield thing but I, I just couldn't I couldn't figure it out I thought maybe you'd heard something up there I can't, I haven't heard anything and I, I don't remember um I'm trying to remember the last home game. I know the Ravens came in here and won uh, in pretty decisive fashion. Yeah. It um, wasn't even close. And, and I don't know if it's all stemming from that because I, I, I know there was some – It was at, they were both 
sides were agitated going into that playoff game, but Titans were going in as an underdog, so it, it wasn't a place or time to uh, be having any shenanigans, and maybe this was just a mental way to get them uh, riled up. I no clue on that. My, like my but they only said it guess, throughout the game. Like, like my only guess about the entire thing was that after the Ravens lost that game, what I remember in the post-game interviews is it was more about the Ravens act coming across that they lost the game because they didn't because they didn't perform and they didn't do things well as opposed to giving credit to the Titans. Maybe that had something to do with it, but I don't remember anything overly egregious about it, right? Yeah. Like like, I don't like when Florida State and Clemson play next time, there's going to be some bad blood. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> there, there's going to be some bad blood. Um, but I couldn't figure that one out. But anyways, uh, putting a cap on that, Thoughts about that, and then looking forward to the uh, the Colts. Well, uh, I mean, even though they tried to get cute and funny, which has kind of been Arthur Smith's uh, nemesis in the past few weeks, uh, I don't I don't know with the backup center why you drop to a wildcat and uh, you fumble the ball and put yourself in that spot to where you had to have the improbable uh, catch and elusiveness of the entire Ravens defense for A.J. Brown to score. I mean, it, you can't keep playing with fire like that. You're going to get burnt. And against this uh, Colts defense, we've already seen the week before last that uh, you, you can't play that game against them. That defense will, is going to try and shut down Henry. That um, This line has shown that they can't stand up to it. Now, granted, they had that Ravens defense on their heels in the – Losing my words here in overtime, um, and and so I, I think that was a different scenario. But this this Colts rematch, uh, they're going to have to find a way to do it through the air. And Tannehill has got to be more consistent. You can't just have it sporadically a drive per quarter. And uh, I mean, we were talking about the MVP race earlier in the year. Well, that's long gone. I mean, you're looking back to the king at this one all the way if you're going to have one for the Titans. So. He's got to find a way to do that, get the ball on the hands. A.J. Brown's come back and showed that, hey, he can stop the drops. And if he can keep that up, Corey Davis is back. Uh, you kind of can't blame him for where he's been the past two weeks after losing his brother. Uh, I'm sure that was emotional, probably tying up a lot of his uh, his thoughts there. So um, it, it, with both of them rolling, it's going to take it. Tannehill, Brown, and Davis are going to have to uh, carry this team against the Colts. Henry's got to go over 100, though, I think, because the simple fact of the matter is you you go as far as Henry goes because even Tannehill's success is all placated off of the play action. Now, he does a great job with the play action, so I'm not taking anything away from Tannehill. Tannehill does a great job. Not not every quarterback can 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 perform well off the play action, y'all, by the way. This isn't Madden. You don't just dial up, you know, YXZ post and the guy's wide open, quarterback waggle. Look at there. Uh, you know, in real football, not every quarterback can sell it. He sells it very well. But they've got to get the ball rolling. And But to your point, when they, when they played just a couple weeks ago, what I saw was every time they took Derrick Henry out of the game, the, the offense sputtered. And that's that's being very very nice. You got to be able to move the ball when Henry's not on the field. He's not. He cannot be on the field one hundred percent of the snaps. It's not physically possible for a running back that you're trying to lean on. Now I will say, 
I think he needs around 20 plus carries because once you because the thing about Henry is it's that con, it's that constant belief that if you keep pounding and keep pounding and keep pounding, eventually he's going to break through into your secondary. And no secondary hey, guy wants any piece of of Derrick Henry. He's like three I just think you got to punch him in the mouth. I mean, I, you have seen it repeatedly when he gets licked. I mean, that, that was a highlight reel stick by Baltimore where you had the near fumble. I mean, I haven't seen Derrick Henry get rocked like that in, in a very long time. They're, they're very few and far between, but it woke him up. And he's just a dude that uh, violent contact takes him to another level. So I'd be well. That's why the more he he touches the ball, <laughs> he not only he gets do meaner they, and meaner. Yeah, not only do they wear down, but I think he gets loose, so to speak. I, I know that's a bad term because it's like, well, who is he doing? I'm stretching pregame. It's mentally loose. And, and so there's something that flips I think it's in a confidence. Also, don't you think it's a confidence thing? Like, and I don't know why he needs confidence, but. The more carries he gets, the more comfortable he gets where he's going against the defense he's seeing that day. And he just he can start feeling look, Jerome Bettis was the same way. All these big backs are all the same. They love contact. They run to contact. It's why they don't play for fifteen years, but they run to contact and you've got to use them. Earl Campbell was the same way. These are my favorite things to watch in the history of the NFL is the power back and Derek, Derek Henry definitely is it. My prediction is this week. You won't see as limited of a snap count. Um, I, I get, they need to save him for the playoff run, but this, but you got to win this game right here. This is, this you is lose the this, game. this is what you need. Yeah. You lose this yeah. game. The division's over essentially. Now, maybe not. I, I've laid out, uh, I did it yesterday, so I won't, I won't backtrack, but basically the Colts have a very difficult schedule down the stretch whereas the Titans is a little more manageable. And I can see a scenario where the Titans lose Sunday and still win the division, but that's not what you want. You no. you you want to have a foot up and not a foot in the hole. Um, I just want to win a ball game in Indianapolis. I mean, can, can we do that? I can't remember the last time it happened. I've got the Titans winning a tight one, a close one, a physical game, 23-20. What say you? I'm very similar. I was thinking 27-24. I think the Titans will pull it off. Um, I think this nasty game uh, with the Ravens may be a good wake-up call. Uh, you saw that team come back and battle and dig out of a hole, and you just have to hope that carry is over to the next week and uh, they can finally take it to the Colts. Guskowski hits a walk-off field goal to win it. <laughs> and if that doesn't have your butt puckering up <laughs> – <laughs> they're going to stroke me out this year. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, there's going to be a Monday where I'm not available. And I'm, I mean, it, they're literally going to do it. <laughs> uh, they came close this past weekend. And then when you see AJ Brown and Derek Henry do what they do, uh, I'm surprised the old ticker's still going this morning. Fun bit of uh, major league baseball rumor news, however you want to call it. want to get your reaction on this. You probably haven't heard this, but it is a very, very strong possibility that Charlie Morton could be headed to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they are very oh, interested in it. They're very just, interested in it. They're trying to get it done. It's it's whether or not he, he wants to play in Atlanta because he made it pretty clear last time he signed a contract that he wants to be in the Tampa area. Well, I mean, we kind of have spring training in that area. We're in the same state. Does that count? <laughs> 
What if we tell them you only have to fly in for the games, man? <laughs> the games you pitch once every five days. The other what time, if we convince them that Tampa's moving to Canada? We trust you. <laughs> Maybe he'll play for the Raptors. You see the Raptors are going to play in uh, Tampa Bay to start the season? No, I did not see that, but that's uh, a very big coincidence. Because you, you know, that, you gotta, cause you know that, that just feels right. Let, let's put a Canadian – look, why don't we just do the swap – We'll put. I mean, if we'll I thought of all places, I would t- see a raptor. It would be Florida. I well, mean, I, I'm just gonna say, I would think I'd see a raptor. Well, I don't know. Arizona would probably be a raptor state as well, but I can see it. Why don't we just do the swap? We send the raptors to Tampa Bay, and we take the Rays and put them in Montreal, and it's it's an even Steven win for baseball, everyone alike. And then we eventually get the Marlins into a real baseball city. Um, I don't know. Hell, put them in Orlando like they've been like they like they told us to do thirty, forty years ago. Could you imagine Charlie Morton mentoring Soroka, and Free? Well, Anderson, just to know that you have just you got I, that talent just with that bench that could be amazing. Just to know that every five days you're going to send a guy out there who's going to at least get into the fifth inning, most likely the sixth. He's, he's not a seventh, eighth inning guy anymore in his career. But fifth or sixth inning and not get shelled and gives you an honest engine chance of winning every four or five get days and the mentoring part as well. But you would have, man, that's scary when you think about Soroka back, Ian Anderson, Freed, Morton, and then I guess uh, we'd probably go with, uh, what, Bryce. Right, yeah, and then you don't have to. Worry. I mean, based off what I seen at the end of last year, I think he deserves uh, the shot coming out. Bryce Wilson deserves to be a part of the rotation. Now, whether he maintains that and keeps it right now in my head through this offseason, he's right there as a number. The five. other rumor that's coming out of Tampa is that the the Rays want to move Blake Snell, but what the hell they're going to want for him, I don't know. And I'm not the biggest fan of his personality anyway, so I don't see the Braves make because for the Braves to get him, they're probably going to want. Something ridiculous. I mean, look, if they'll take Luke Jackson and Kyle Wright, I'm all for it. But I don't think that's what they'll give us. I think I think they'll be more likely to want like Ian Anderson. And I don't want to give up Ian Anderson or Max Freed or Soroka for. No, I'm saying 15 million. Uh, I think he's still on the hook for. Uh, he's not a 50 million dollar deal, and he wants more money. I don't want to bring that into our clubhouse. So, anyways, agreed. Um, I would be out on that one. Um, what's your college football top five this week? Wow. I really didn't pay attention at all to, uh, my text yesterday, but I'm going to go, uh, I'm, I might, I might've omitted that one. That might be my bad. No, I mean, I, I, I know, or I figured we would be doing this. Um, Alabama, Notre Dame, I got to do Ohio State. Indiana was close, man. They were close. They one were. big on the point spread. One big on the point spread, but uh, that money line just didn't pay off. I, uh, so I almost said my Ohio stupid State. underdog pick with that one, man. I I, I was feeling it. I, I thought they were going to pull off the upset. but man, I just knew they were going to do it. We were going to have uh, – They played a terrible – ever in my lifetime seen Indiana won the East. I don't know if they've ever done it in history. I'm sure they probably have. They long, ended long the second and began the third terribly. If you take that out, Indiana has a really good chance of, of winning that game. Yeah. Uh, four and five for me are going to be uh, Clemson and Florida. All right, I'm going um, Alabama. I finally, I finally, I'll finally put them up in 
number one, Notre Dame didn't play, and Notre Dame can get back in there for a lot of reasons. But Alabama, I know Kentucky sucks, but Alabama beat them 60-3 to for crying out loud. That's not – that's not like – that's impressive is all I'm saying. Kentucky's terrible. But that's you owe somebody money beat down right there. Right. I mean, you're talking about you didn't let up one iota. You gave up a field goal. I didn't even watch the game. I just watched the stat tracker on the computer like I do with some of the games. And at no point did I go, well, I need to flip over there. So I kept it on other things. Um, the by the way, Dabo Sweeney keeps lipping off. He better watch out because I'm pretty sure Norvell could take him in a fist fight. I'm just, I'm just sizing those two up. What did I beef in this beef you keep referencing? Uh, hit me with it real quick. What's Cliff Notes? Florida State and Clemson were supposed to play Saturday. Right, and it got Saturday, canceled for the COVID right, last minute. Sa- Saturday morning, it was canceled for the COVID. Dabo Sweeney has two or three times, and most recently yesterday on local uh, South Carolina radio, has came on and basically said that COVID was an excuse, and he's not blaming the players, and he's not blaming the coaching staff of Florida State. He's saying that the medical staff is using it as an excuse because the administration didn't want the game played, almost like saying that they were scared to play the game. And Norvell keeps coming back, look, a lot of people say a lot of things, but the simple fact of the matter is we said at the beginning of the season that we were going to put the kids' safety first and putting them out there. And, and here's the thing. Dabo brought it on himself. The kid the, the, the tested positive, evidently he coached uh, – sorry, he uh, practiced all last week with symptoms – but he came up negative a couple of times, but he had symptoms, fever, et cetera, et cetera. So they thought it was the common flu. They still had the guy out there out there practicing. So when Florida State caught wind of that and they let the kid ride with the rest of the team into Tallahassee on the same bus. And we all know that they say, well, the COVID spread. So with, with the Florida State medical staff stepped in and said, we, we can't allow you y'all to play this game from what i understand norvell was was pretty disappointed about it but he's you know towed the company line right because they said look there's a good chance that entire offensive line defensive line anyone that was around this kid has covid we're gonna have an outbreak and so the common sense people say well here's the thing when it first came out, I was a little concerned. I was like, are, are they doing this because they don't want to play Clemson? I was like, that doesn't make any sense because they're just going to reschedule the game. They both have an open week on the 12th of December. But looking at it logically, as much as you and I have poo-pooed on you know, them shutting down everything, if Florida State went ahead and played that game and they knew about this, right, and there was some kind of outbreak on the Florida State football team come Monday, Tuesday, you would have parents up in arms. There, there, there'd be a line out the door wanting to transfer, and so it's a double. Yeah, I mean, I can. It's a double. I can tell you firsthand about uh, COVID bus spreading uh, when the Titans traveled to Minnesota, and then 17 days later, you finally uh, get to resume football activities. So, and you're talking about millionaires there. We're talking about college athletes. So I, I right. see the caution, and uh, you're not a millionaire yet. You can't really put that. What's your, your risk factor on it. You're still trying to get there. So, um, so you got to protect them. Yeah. So Dabo's is, is still doubling down and basically saying that the FSU administration put he, the medical staff up to, and he's he, been mouthy quite a bit this year. 
and even basically saying that that he believes that, that, that the whole thing's a hoax and it, it could be interpreted what he's talking about is saying that COVID and you know how dangerous the thing that is to say especially when you work for a university I'm a little surprised the Clemson administration hasn't walked in and said dude shut the hell up okay you've had your 15 seconds of fame just shut up we don't need this the last thing we need is Clemson parents to start saying Dude, I don't want my kid playing for a guy like this. It, it would be ironic and woo would be tasty if that's what brought down the Clemson dynasty was Florida State backing out of a game and a bunch of kids transfer. Come come, 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 come December 12th. So it wasn't a hoax. It was a conspiracy. <laughs> exactly. It's a coup. <laughs> It'd be a hell of a thing if come December 12th, Florida State's a seven-point favorite because 40% of the Clemson team has has a transferred out and hit the transfer portal. I would just die laughing. But, uh, yeah, he, man, he's a uh, – he, look, I get it in the heat of the moment when he said some stupid things. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. You know, it is what it is. But he's saying this three, two, three days later. I'm like, dude, you need to shut up, man, because they're eventually going to tell you to – they knew the kid was COVID positive and they draw it and they brought him over on the bus Friday night. That's the thing. That's what everyone's raising hell about. They're like, shut up. You you brought this upon yourself. And oh, by the way, your co your quarterback just, just missed two games because of COVID. So don't act like it's not a thing. He's probably still butthurt about that. That's probably what it all comes down to. He's butthurt about the fact that they lost to, to Notre Dame because of COVID. I've been, I guarantee it's, it's an underlying issue. Um, what are... Three musts at your Thanksgiving table. Sweet potato casserole. That's my Gotta number two, it. by the way. So, fat boy. And then I'm gonna like. back that up with some pumpkin pie. Gotta have my pumpkin pie, even though they're very similar. I could probably just have sweet potato pie, but you know, need that good old pumpkin pie. And uh, this one's gonna be silly, and uh, I'll send them the bill for the ad. But uh, I gotta have them Sister Schubert rolls, baby. That, that's where it's at for me on Thanksgiving. I want my rolls with my turkey. You know what we're doing for the first time? We're, we're gonna start this tradition, and feel free to steal this idea. So the Red Lobster biscuits, you know, those Cheddar Bay biscuits, you can buy mm -hmm. that. You can buy that mix in the store now, and so that's what we're doing for our bread. I cannot wait. Sweet. We, Very good. We tried them out about uh, two months ago with something else, and they come out tasting just loud. I was like, oh, God, they're, they're going to sell this to us, and what's it really going to taste like? They taste exactly. I feel like just Thanksgiving dinner is missing without a good bread or roll or even some cornbread. I, I'm not opposed to it, but you got to make cornbread right for me to like it. Um, now, I also bought, uh, you know, like the mini slider rolls. I bought those for the next day so that when you're making – you know turkey sandwiches and stuff you, you can do it right you know you, you put your turkey on the on the on the rolls and you dip it in the gravy and you're good to go amen to that um we're coming up the top of the hour uh what is the one thing that you are thankful in sports i'll th i'll throw you another one out at me and then I'll, I'll let you do that in your walk off mine is freddie freeman's uh and uh mvp i know it's always gonna have an asterisk but at least we don't have to listen that years down the road about how I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer because he's that MVP. We've gotten that one out of the way, and it's just like Chipper. He only won one, but that's all it takes. Not only did he beat everybody else in baseball, he beat COVID in 2020. Damn sure the MVP. That's right. Um, mine's going to be uh, well, it's kind of a multi one on the same player, but that Derrick Henry wasn't a fluke, and that a draft pick's panned out, and he re-signed. I'll hail the king. Amen to that. 
Uh, Carr, by the way, commenting <laughs> commented in on what we were just talking about a little while ago. Is that the common flu doesn't exist in in twenty twenty? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to get this flu shot. My wife is adamant I go get today. I guess I guess not, man. <laughs> just tell her you got it. You'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> Problem, I got to take one of my snitches with me, and they they, they, they will definitely rat me out because I'm like, Mom, I didn't get a shot. It was a good day. Like, thanks, dude. Where's the cheapest place to get it around there? Like CVS or something? Yeah, you can go to any of the, the pharmacies or grocery stores that have the walk ins, and uh, you can just get your flu shots there. Publix does it? Or is it just. Or, or is it just. I like don't know. Other- I can't, uh, there's not one on my side of town, so I don't visit it frequently, but Kroger has the little clinics that, uh, okay. are, are I probably need to get quite that convenient. done. I probably need to get that done. I just never think you can walk about right it. in, right out. No appointment. It, it, it's pretty nice. And you're not in the waiting room. I like them because I'm not sitting in a weight room full of sick people. When you, uh, have, when you, the wife is in the medical field. So I, I know I hear a uh, waiting room horror stories so yeah. i like to try and avoid them I'm no, like, I, and hey, no, I, I don't need to be sitting with a bunch of sick people i'm just gonna i like to walk in and walk out places no i agree that's one of the reasons why i probably never get done but, but you're going to, to like a cvs or walgreens or something mm-hmm. i guess i'll have to hit that up did did your uh does uh, insurance pay for that uh yes ours takes care of it all right i might have to hit that up then all right brother we will see you i guess uh monday hopefully and uh Big week Thanksgiving, to everybody. Big week of football um, uh, starting Monday, but man, this should be a fun weekend. Uh, and oh, by the way, don't forget the college football committee; their rankings come out for the first time tonight. Are you Are you excited about Thursday's games? Uh, the Thursday night game, I am. And I, and, and Two honestly, and, a stud. and honestly, Redskins Cowboys actually mean something because it is a divisional game. The first one I could care less about. I might have to hit the over or something to to. to, to to get involved in that all right brother we'll see you uh, monday all right everybody have a great week and happy thanksgiving yes sir we'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks cbs sports radio you're listening to the armchair quarterbacks cbs sports radio number one sports station good morning and this is your armchair quarterbacks sports flash An up-and-down night for Tom Brady leads to a 27-24 defeat to the hands of the L.A. Rams. Pressure by the Rams. Brady able to throw and hit Evans again. Got the first down, trying to spin for more. Still on his feet, and he gets there. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Here's Brady to throw, trying to go to Godwin, and it's underthrown. Intercepted. Jordan Fuller for the Rams. Under four to go. Brady has Godwin, who was wide open, and it's a touchdown. Brady over an outstretched hand, and it's too far. Too far for Brady, and intercepted. Jordan Fuller comes up with his second interception of the night. Jared Goff finished with 376 yards passing, three touchdowns. Cooper Cup with 145 receiving. As the Rams improve to 7-3, the Bucks fall to 7-4. In case you missed it yesterday in the NBA, Boogie Cousins signs with the Rockets. They reached a one-year deal. Pelicans and Adams agreed to an extension. The Wizards say they have no plans to trade Wall. And the LA Lakers, they add Gasol. While the Celtics 
bring on Tristan Thompson and get rid of Cantor. Well, it's back on. Chicago White Sox will host the New York Yankees in the rescheduled Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa on August 12th. Major League Baseball said Monday that the plan is tentative, contingent on the status of public health next summer. The teams had been scheduled to play at the 8,000 capacity temporary ballpark next to the Field of Dreams studio movie site last August 13th. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Pour me, pour me, pour me, pour me a Severe winter storm warnings throughout this part of Texas, Central Texas. Bob Trumpy, you predicted special teams would be key to it. And this uh, has become a memorable Thanksgiving Day game. Will it go in the win column to Dallas or Miami? Stojanovic will decide it as he will try this field goal, which will be 40 yards, 40 yards. Doug Peterson to hold. was touched beyond the line by the receiving team. The kicking team then recovered the ball in the field of play and slid into the end zone. However, since the ball was still a kick, it's down when the, the kicking team recovered the ball. The kicking team gets awarded the ball at the spot in the field of play, first down. 19 yards. He makes it. Miami goes home with a miracle win. The Dolphins pull it out. 16-14. Game over. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. I've been hoodwinked. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Mac McGee and Matt Carr. Not taking anything seriously this morning. <laughs> How the hell are you, Matt? Leon, let it be. So, I know you have been really young, but do you remember that game, or is that more of yes. just... Okay. I, no, I remember that game. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I remember exactly where I was. We we had an apartment uh, that I had just uh, moved into. I, I, was, I was pretty young. I don't think I was drinking age. Um, but we were drinking. I was drinking. <laughs> we were drinking, and... Some of my buddies who were big Cowboy fans, and at the time I was a big Dolphins fan, we got together for that game, and they had just came back from their parents' house. I just came back. And like We raced home. We're like, we're eating, we're eating Thanksgiving at whatever the – I don't even remember what the Lions game was that day. That thing could have been epic, but I wouldn't have remembered it. And we raced back to watch that game. And uh, one of my roommates, he was a Dolphins fan, and I was a Dolphins fan. And then my other two roommates – they were Cowboys fans, and then we had buddies that were Cowboys fans. Of course, that was in the Cowboys' heyday. So at that point, I was gonna say, I would, I would assume that's mid or like 92, 93, probably. I think it was ninety three. I think is what I had. I don't. I had it jotted down here. That's, that's that's when Leon. That's when Leon Lett was there. So I had to be right in that era. You, it was the year after Leon Lett had pulled the gaff in the Super Bowl. The Don Beebe. With Don Beebe. Because if you listen to the whole clip, obviously I wasn't going to play the entire. There's a, there's about a 15 minute clip of it on YouTube. It's pretty interesting to watch. What's funniest? One of the first things they say is, "Oh no, not Leon Led again, right?" Because <laughs> and you can hear the players in the background arguing. The Cowboy players say, "He didn't touch it." And of course, the video plainly says, he's, shows him, "Yeah, he, he oh he touched it. He booted the thing." And the argument went back and forth where the ball should be placed. First, it was placed on the one. And the most interesting part about that, if you go back and watch it, is the kicker and the placeholder for Miami, they were clearing out a spot because there was, there was snow everywhere. So they were clearing right. out a spot while the, while, the, while the refs were arguing, right, and, and explaining it. And then they decided, well, the ball should actually be on the seven-yard line, not the one. So they moved the ball back. And the kicker and the play and the whole field holder are going. God, blood! We just cleared out this. So they're over there, chicken scratching the field again, <laughs> trying trying to get it clear. And then when they finally yeah. get it clear, and the the refs are still arguing about it. Don Shula, the head coach of Miami, was on the rules committee, and he went back over and said, "You're wrong. It should be on the one." And they talked about it, and they figured out, yeah, it should be on the one. So they put it back on the one again, and the kicker and the and the and the and the. Uh, and the placeholder once again they're chicken scratching again because because snowy got moved back into that area because people stand around that would you just make up make up your mind where we're going to kick it because you know this is this is very very important i guess that was 93 then because it went redskins giants dallas dallas for super bowl so that would probably be 93 i can figure out in two seconds because i actually had to email myself that clip last night because i found it I, i didn't have time to do all this stuff uh at the time it yes was funny. it was 93 it was 93 so 90 yeah. 92 was the um so actually no that's right i was not a, a, i was a 20 at the time so um that's that that's that's why we weren't drinking <laughs> we actually got a keg that was that was the same year of the florida state notre dame game of the century and okay. we and, we and we learned our lesson by the second so the fsu game with with that, well, I I might have my timeline wrong on that. That might have I don't remember which game was played it was the first. Drinking. 
<laughs> well, because it was right in the same area. Because that Florida State Notre Dame game was in November as well, so I always get that confused. One of them was was before the other, but the FSU one, I, I distinctly remember the the trash can that we uh, had the keg in with the ice. Well, there was a freaking crack in the bottom of the trash can, so when the as the ice went to melt, it flooded our carpet. <laughs> so you can imagine how good that smelt, but none of us were doing anything about it. I had broken my hand because I punched a wall outside, and um, I was bleeding. I was drunk, and I was scared. <laughs> and my and my ankle, I was about ankle deep in water in my apartment. But but we didn't do anything about it until after the game was over. So. And it was right around in that same time period that, that the uh, Miami Dallas game. I don't think I even really put that together till just now that that was the same year. Uh, man, oh yesterday, Dave, <laughs> you made some really bad choices. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, anywho, the Boston Celtics they max out Tatum in in a great move. During a pandemic, when you don't know what your finances are going to be long term, they lock them up to one hundred ninety-five million dollars. So on the hook for that, no matter what happens, whether fans come back and watch this game or not, they're wasting one hundred ninety-five million dollars on on one guy. Uh, but what that does is that, is that locks up Brown and Tatum through twenty twenty-four at least. And then they yeah. add Tristan Thompson. They trade away Cantor. All in all, what say you about the Celtics and the free agency? Uh, boring as usual. Um, I think you weren't a Cantor fan. I, I didn't mind Cantor. Uh, he, he was okay, but I think Tristan's a much better player. I think they're the same person. Honestly, I think Tristan Thompson's a little bit better offensive rebounding than him. Uh, well, that's what I'm one for. Cantor's just like kind of stands in the middle, and does nothing. Tristan will get out there and hump it and get the offensive rebounds. That's probably what they realistically just want is someone can 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 go get the bricks that we're throwing right. up because half the team stand behind the three point line. I was reading some article the other day, and they were talking about, and I think I got in, down to the comments, and somebody was talking about the Gordon Hayward injury really opened up Tatum's future. Because if Hayward don't get hurt, Tatum don't get all the touches, and Tatum don't get a $190 you know, million extension. So really, Hayward kind of made Tatum the man he is today. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that. I think Tatum was destined for stardom no matter I mean, what. Tatum, he, no, he was. I'm just saying he got there a lot earlier than he was supposed to. Didn't Tatum, had, didn't Tatum spend an offseason with uh, – Huh? Kobe. Yeah. So, I think that's what made – because that's where he made the transition. And stuff right. that stuff that whatever he and Kobe talked about during that offseason, I guarantee you will shape him for years to come. And so, that's – No, and also he, was, he was destined. I think he just got there a year earlier than he was supposed to. Hayward, eh, I don't know. That's just sound, That sounds like a Bleacher Report kind of – Thing. Um, I, and I don't remember, I, but like I said, I just, and I liked Hayward, man. I was so excited to get him. We overpaid him, obviously, but uh, I wish him the best in Jordan Land. Yeah, um, I wish him well, but I think it's best for the team that he goes on. Now, right. can, now Gasol going to the Lakers does that concern you? No, uh, or, I mean I kind of think he's. Lie. I kinda I kind of would have liked him in Boston just for depth, but I don't concern me in LA. Nothing concerns me in LA. I don't, they, they will not. They will not be back to back champions. He, I would have liked that move better if it was about two or three years ago. I think he's, you know, he's he's more of a role player now than he is a guy. 
three, three, maybe four years ago, Gasol was one of the best big men in in, in basketball. Defensive player of the year. You almost wonder if they signed him because they're concerned about losing the brow. But I do expect the brow to, to re-sign with them. But it's interesting to see some of the, the teams that are that are out there trying to court him, including the Golden State Warriors. I don't know how the hell they've got enough money to to, to bring him in. But evidently. This is the same conversation we had five years ago. It's like, they, they ain't got enough money for Durant. They'll never happen. <laughs> right, but it's like – I mean, you. I'm. I'm just thinking of four stars on that team that that get paid pretty well. And how the hell do you? I don't. I don't. I mean, they're getting the tax. They're getting the tax break with Clay Thompson this year, or whatever that is. But still, that ain't enough money to sign the Braille for a championship run. I wouldn't think so, but who knows? But it would be indicative. And I'll tell you, it would be an indictment on LeBron James if AD leaves. It would tell right. you that he just that LeBron's not likable to play with. And, wow. uh, you know, he got his championship and get the hell out of there and let him just, well, I think the best thing for the league long-term, to be honest with you, is for AD to go elsewhere and let LeBron fade off into oblivion because yeah. his, his politics alone are, are driving fans away and you're, uh, you, you golden state's much more likable than LeBron James, right? And you'd rather have them really good than LeBron James really good. Because if you've got LeBron on as much as you, I think they're going to be on this year, I just think a lot of people are, are going to turn his nonsense off. Yeah. Anyways. And I'm one of them. <laughs> right. Uh, Cowboys Redskins this year. Uh, I'm glad to see that's on Thursday. Look, I know they're not two great teams, but I like. I really wish they would do this more often, put the Cowboys versus the Redskins on on uh, Thanksgiving, I really wish they would play divisional rivals more often on right. Thanksgiving. I saw a stat, so they play this. This will be the ninth time they've played the Redskins on Thanksgiving Day. Now the Cowboys are thirty nineteen and one all time on Thanksgiving games. This will be the ninth time they've played them, and. They are seven and one against the, the, the Redskins on Thanksgiving. Now that goes all you know, that goes back decades. So it's not like you know, it's just here here recently. Right. Um, I'm not saying it's gonna be a good game. I think this will be a close game. The the interesting stat you you know who they've played the second most on Thanksgiving? I would have never thought this. Doesn't even make sense. The Lions? The Dolphins. Oh. It doesn't even make sense because they're running in the same conference. Right. I know we played the Lions a couple of times, which I always thought was weird. I'm like, they're just kind of trying to knock those two games out of the way. <laughs> we all remember the 93 game. I think they've played one recently with the Dolphins because I think I remember seeing it. I was like, man, that's always going to make, make me think of 93. And then there, there was a game in the 70s uh, when the two of them were at their height. And I don't know when the fourth one was. But anyways, uh, that, that, that really surprised me. Um, your favorite memories of – Cowboys Thanksgiving games? Just, uh, it was back in the mid 90s, man. That was, I mean, obviously, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, the mid 90s was pretty good for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, just as, on the fall, man, eating as the a Florida leg. State fan, I concur. The mid 90s were the best. <laughs> <laughs> just seeing Aikman and Irvin and Emmett, man, getting a big turkey leg, you know, it was, it was always fun to watch just the, the end of the game because that was pretty, probably didn't lose a lot. On Thanksgiving in the mid '90s, and they always gave the turkey legs out at the end of the game. You had Madden and all that stuff on Fox. That's always my fondest memory of watching that. There are three games that jump out at me. 
so we already talked about the 93 game. I forgot I had it written down here. Uh, the, where the <laughs> Dolphins win 16-14, to 14, the Leon let it be game. In the following year in 94, the Cowboys played Brett Favre. And I remember that one being a great yeah. contest. Cowboys won, but Favre had four touchdowns. Emmett had two touchdowns, 133 yards. And then the other one, the one that I always think of this come Thanksgiving, well, always will, because it really put the stamp on Randy Moss. In 1998, which I believe was his rookie season, uh, Randy Moss had already come onto the scene, but they beat the Cowboys 46-36 in an just electric game where Moss had like three. Is that a Culpepper, Culpepper Minnesota? Do you Nine, think? Eh. 93 i almost want to say it was warm moon i'll i'll have to pull that up um all right my man i'm trying to remember that's, a, that's a not, good, not randall Cunningham. it could have been cunningham because i don't I, I feel like i feel like culpepper came like a year or two later but um anyways brandy moss it was the first time you, you know we just recently hear the term, but when you think of getting mossed, I think of that Dallas secondary getting mossed because they were just throwing deep ball after deep ball after deep ball. And the uh, it, it really put Randy Moss on the scene. And I, remember, I remember watching that game thinking to myself, it's a good thing the Titans didn't draft him. Good thing they got old. Uh, what was the guy's name that was a yard short in the end zone? Dyson. Dyson, yeah. Kevin Dyson. Um, Randy is the best I've ever seen. The most you're you're probably saying Rice. I'm saying oh, Rice Mom. is the greatest receiver. Right. Rice is the greatest football player in the history of the of the NFL. Right. And, I, and I'm talking Wilson. about any sport. Um, yeah. They uh, for people that don't that never got a chance to really watch Jerry Rice. Remember, one of the things that was most impressive about him, he had like 150-something consecutive games of the catch. And back then, that was a big deal. Today, it's not a big deal. Everyone gets a catch they, because they don't play man press. Back then, not only was man press legal, but like mugging people were, was legal. And, well, so, and it was a, run, a running league. It, it was Cunningham. Okay, I was right. It was Cunningham. Um, it was I was right. It was Cunningham. <laughs> um, Cunningham. Of course, Chris Carter, too. I'm looking at the scoring. Man, I mean, this just takes me back to yesterday. Randy Moss, 51-yard pass from Cunningham. That's the one that I remember because that was the first one. And then he got a 56-yarder from Cunningham for the just touchdown. Just cut it in stride. Yeah. Yeah. And then a Chris Carter got a 54-yard um, touchdown catch as well. And then I won't go into all of them because there's a bunch of scoring, obviously. Uh, but oh, And Randy Moss then got another 56-yarder at the end of the game, towards the end of the game. Okay. And then the famous Leroy Horde, everyone remembers him, 50-yard uh, touchdown run. <laughs> I actually had him on a fantasy football team. I, I, I do remember Leroy Horde. I don't, re I don't remember ever being happy he was on my team, so I'm, I must not have started him that week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one time! I'm sure I was yelling that at the TV. Um, okay, so let me see. That was perfect timing. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Cowboys Redskins. Do the Cowboys get the W this week? They're a three and a half point favorite. I, I think they do. I said I think it's going to be a, a good football game, but I think it'll be a fun game. Or it'll be a close game to watch, and I think it's a battle for first place. I think 
So I know Philadelphia's got the tie, so I don't know. But it'll be – see what Dalton – I mean, see no Dalton in his fourth – third, I guess, third real game. So we'll see how he does against that. I mean, Dallas still has the offense to do this. It just they need – our defense is terrible. Yeah, they're terrible, but so but so is the Redskins' offense. So they they kind of even each other out. I'm pulling yeah, up. Alex Smith. Man, I, I'm a, I'm an Alex Smith fan, so uh, I, I, he has a chance to tear them up, though. So this week, oh man, I didn't realize all three teams behind <laughs> the Eagles are three and seven. Um, so this is getting a tight. This is this is actually the best race in the NFL. Everyone <laughs> makes everyone makes fun of it, but it's the most exciting race. The Giants are going to go play a Joe Burrowless uh, Bengals team this week, so you got to like their chances to win coming off a bye. the The winner of this game could essentially be tied with the Giants by the end of the weekend, and then I don't have it in front of me. I'm trying to remember who who Philadelphia plays, but um, Philadelphia is has a half game lead on everybody. Oh, and they're playing the Seahawks on Sunday. It's a Sunday oh, yeah. night game. Yeah, what the hell did we do to the, to the NFL to make that the Sunday night game? Man, we had we got spoiled this last two nights. So we we had Kansas City, Oakland, and, and then our Vegas. NFL just wanted then, to remind us it was twenty twenty. Exactly, <laughs> take us down a peg or two. <laughs> Get mighty high on your horse over there, watching Vegas and Chiefs and Bucks and. Uh, Rams, and then we'll get uh, the, the the Steelers and Ravens on Thursday night. Well, we're going to even this out. We're not going to let Florida State <laughs> and Florida play on Thanksgiving weekend. That's out. Um, I noticed that there are actually two college football games. I'm always going to bring it up next segment. Listen to the two college football games they put on Thursday. Colorado State and Air Force, and then New Mexico and Utah State. Why the hell even play those on Thanksgiving? And they're in the middle of the afternoon, too. You'd think at least they would have made one of them like a late-night game, right? Um, you know, you're up getting drunk, and you're like, what the hell? I might as well watch something. But no, they're, they're going to put that on. I guess, <laughs> you know what that is? That's a gauntlet being thrown down to the NFL. This is how boring Redskins-Cowboys are. We're going to put New Mexico-Utah State you know, tit and for And see who wins it. Exactly. See who wins that rating war. Exactly. <laughs> what, what makes me the, the most disappointed is usually Thursdays or Thanksgiving night is uh, the Egg Bowl. And they're okay. not, and they're doing it later in the season. But they should have kept that. I mean, they should have kept that as a tradition. The Egg Bowl. I don't give a damn. I would have been all in watching Leach versus Kiffin. Are you kidding me? Those two. I would. I, more than anything else, I want to see the pre and post game news conferences. <laughs> the the rubbish that would come out of those two mouths would be hilarious. Strictly rubbish. Strictly rubbish. Um. What's your stupid stock tip for the week? I've got a good one for uh, you, by the way. Uh, I got two. If you said uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to say this right, but it's PLTR. Okay. What do they do? It is, it's just a, it's, they build software platforms for institutions. Every I've been watching it for about a month, and every time I look at it, it's up. <laughs> and they're at 22 a share right now? Okay. And then my next one is VaxArt. And what's VXR, VXRT? I think I've actually seen this one. I don't know why I've seen this one. Maybe you've sent it to me. Okay. And what do they do? I mean, COVID related. I'm just it's it's respiratory and stuff like that. But I'm just gonna 2020 it and say COVID related. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back into a cryptocurrency. Uh, <laughs> right. 
So this one, I bought on a whim about a week or so ago. I sold in some of my stocks, and I'd done some research and some reading, but I didn't feel comfortable enough to tell anyone about this on air because I was like, I'm about to do something really stupid, so I need to ch just chill and just buy a few stocks and see what happens. Ethereum. Okay. Okay. Now, there's two of them. I think I've actually referenced this on the show. Yeah, you, yeah. There's a really cheap one, and there's an expensive one. Don't go for the the really cheap one. That one's stupid. That's the one that's pissed everyone off, and they're hesitant Check to buy. Ethereum, though, in, let's see, today is the 24th. I'm going to take you all the way back to the 17th at opening. It was at $470 a share. It's sitting at 606 as we speak. Oh, well, yeah. And I bought a few shares in that, and I traded in some DraftKings, essentially. Um, Bitcoin continues to go through the roof, and Ethereum is, is basically the second coming of Bitcoin. They think Bitcoin, This I heard this yesterday, Bitcoin's at 19000 this morning. They think Bitcoin could be worth 300000 dollars within four or five years now that's a lot a lot of people say no you're nuts it's going to come back down but whatever All right ethereum buying some ethereum is worth it once again y'all if you're on robin hood or wherever you're on you don't have to buy the entire stock so if you're like i don't have six hundred dollars you can buy a percentage of it. you can buy thirty dollars worth of it the point is the percentage is going up and the past week it's up 29 percent so do the math. If you put $100 in, you'd be sitting at 130 Now, it's down a little bit this point. The only thing that scares the living hell out of me about Ethereum, and by the way, it was up to 622 at one point last night. The only thing that scares the hell out of me about crypto, if you're not familiar with in investing in it, is it never stops trading. So you go to bed at night. There's eight, nine hours there where you're not going to be looking at the stock market <laughs> and you could wake up and the whole damn thing could have crashed. And that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. You you would think it would go back up, but whatever. Um, if you would have bought in on this thing, by the way, a year ago, I'm at the wrong thing. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'm going to go back to it real quick because I, I want to make this point too. So pre COVID, if you would have bought in on this thing a year ago, it was 147 a, a share. Okay. And so we're talking well, about, well, we're basically talking about uh, going to a 400% jump. Yeah. You, you don't do that in anything. And so it's really hard to wrap your head on what the hell crypto is. But the point is the damn thing's moving and it's moving up <laughs> and down. And I'm going to be keeping my eye on it this the next couple of days, the entire stock market, um, because I'm a little concerned what might happen tomorrow when we go into the weekend a long weekend they they tend to sell off i don't know why they do this but it's it's happened every single holiday now maybe this will be different because of the the covid but just keep an eye on it y'all don't fall asleep on the stock market tomorrow you need to keep an eye on it because if it starts tanking there's gonna be a sell-off and you might want to sell off and then buy back on monday morning right or you know when whenever it goes back up i i think if it sells off it's it, it's a premature sell-off and some of and some of the stocks I've talked about, like Fubo, that's gone through the roof and whatnot. There's eventually going to come a point where they sell them off, like they did with DraftKings when it got 63, and then they got yeah. rid of it because they made a bunch of money. And the, and they set the 
And they set the schmucks up like us to go, oh, man, this thing's going to keep going, keep going. And they sell it off, and it takes forever to climb back up. So just be prepared for that. I wish to this day that I would have sold it off at 63 because I'd had so much more to play with going into, like, you know, something solid like a cryptocurrency. <laughs> but even the stupid one, the cheap one that I've talked about that I had that's not even worth a penny, you know, that thing is up. Uh, if I would have put all my money in it, that thing is up percentage wise from like a, just a few weeks ago that thing is up uh, almost 50 percent yeah it's still not worth a penny but it doesn't matter if you put 100 bucks in there it'd be worth almost 150 dollars now right um real quick uh by the way do you have a pick against the spread that you like this weekend um i have my underdog underdog as well but do you have okay, like a uh, I'll, do, I'll do two okay I'll do the, my stupid underdog pick. I'm taking Tony's uh, Darlings. I'm taking the UTEP over Rice. UTEP. That's, that's plus 11. I think I think his team's actually UTSA. No, uh, well, I'll take the other Darlings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Darlings, Darlings. Okay. UTEP plus 11. And, and against the spread, man, I wanted to pick this game, but because uh, I, I like Indiana, I'm rooting for him, but I think Maryland plus 12. They could they could have a hell of a of a uh, letdown. That's true. And they got they got Tua's or whatever his name is. Yeah, that, I want to watch that game because I think it should be fun to watch. I want to see what. Yeah, he that's can uh, do. I'm not sure what time that is yet, but uh, yeah. And what are your three musts at Thanksgiving dinner? Besides turkey, yeah. um, this year this year we're getting a deep fried turkey, which I haven't had one in years. But uh, green bean casserole, deviled eggs, and stuffing. Deviled eggs, okay, that's a good one. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a basic broad man. Uh, I, you know, I'm. I already mentioned that I love green bean casserole. I don't know what it is about the green bean casserole in the South on Thanksgiving. It's it's a must. I don't know what it is. Yeah, um, that mainly be, mainly because you're trying to say that you're eating healthy, but you're just it just so much garbage is going into your body <laughs> to make green beans taste incredible. Um, and then, of course, I think I'd already said uh, uh, a sweet potato casserole. I don't like sweet potato pie. I like sweet potato casserole, where you put yeah. the you, know, you put it in, you got the marshmallows, and you brown the sugar. I'm making that tomorrow. I can't wait for that. And I'm actually going to get enough to make a second one this weekend because when we have people over, it's going to get annihilated. And when we have leftovers, I'm like, man, I don't. Right. There's only so much green bean casserole I want, right? Um, <laughs> And then my third one has to be pumpkin pie. It's the only time of year I eat pumpkin pie. Don't give it to me at Christmas. Don't give it to me any other time of year. But Thanksgiving weekend, I love pumpkin pie. And I'll devour it. And then I don't want anything to do with it the rest of the year. I don't know why it's weird. Like I just won't touch it. <laughs> I've got weird things like that. Like Don't give me, don't at me with ham on Thanksgiving. You're wrong. And you're probably going to hell for that. Okay. That's how it actually is. <laughs> it's got to be turkey because ham goes on Christmas. It's a Christmas what, ham. Uh I told Ashley, I was like, so you want to get some ham? She said, no, ham is not Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. Amen. You married a good I just, one. I love ham. <laughs> I love ham too on Christmas. Don't give right. me turkey on Christmas. That's horse crap. Right. I just had it. I just had it. What's these leftovers? You freeze this? <laughs> <laughs> right, 
what size of turkey? Uh, I mean, first of all, um, I'm going to pray for you and your loved ones. What size turkey are, are, are you going to try to deep fry? <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it. We're actually getting it somebody as a charity. Somebody's doing it for charity, so we're just buying it from him. Great job because that thing can, you see exploding uh, turkeys happen right. all the time. I'm not. I'm not going to become a gif. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, <laughs> four times is enough in, in one lifetime. Right. I feel like I had another question here, or did we hit most it all? thankful for sports? Oh, wise. yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm thinking this might be not PC because I'm sure it's not. Um, but I, I'm thankful that NFL is not overdoing it with all the politics like the NBA did. Amen to that. Uh, I mentioned Freddie Freeman. I mentioned my fantasy team. I think the other thing that I'm most thankful for is that we have actually gotten to see sports this year. I was a little getting concerned with some of the Major League Baseball. I was worried about them not playing at all. I'm glad we got a season in. and We really got a, an, ex, an outstanding playoff series right. across the board. That was great playoffs. Um, the NFL has been really fun this year. I just, I'm, I'm glad we finally got back to sports. It sucks about the news about that they're, 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 uh, canceling uh college basketball for now um for people who 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 missed that story that came out uh, this morning that they're putting a pin in the college basketball season and they is that a is college basketball does this year count against them i don't know but i i think what's going to happen is they're going to come back after the holidays which i don't know why these dumbasses didn't do that from the get-go you know i talked about this in the first hour but you're not in the middle of your season like football. Why try to play during the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays? Why not come back in January? Right. There was this big thread, and people were arguing back on his other Twitter or Facebook about a week. Uh, I'm sorry, about a month ago, and everyone was saying, "Should they play? Shouldn't they play?" And I said, and all I said was this: Whatever you do, don't cost these kids another season of their right. life. If you if you got to wait till January or February, do it then. We've got football to watch. No one's missing out on you know Gardner Webb versus Duke got canceled a few days ago. That's what led to this. The, no one was watching first, that crap anyways, right? It's the like, they'll have the classics, like they'll have the little tournaments. That's I say get rid of those. Week. Just play your conference games, and we'll see you in the tournament in hopefully March. If not, they, they might have to push that back. But um, they. Get the NCAA tournament in. To, if you if you screw it up two years in a row, people are going to start getting it out of their life. They're going to start forgetting because because basketball's bas basketball. Already, yeah, yeah. Basketball's already pissed everyone off with the NBA. Right. College basketball is the only thing I was wanting to watch this year, and the, I'm telling you. I mean, how many people? How many people do you know? And I know a lot that say I like college basketball. Right. NBA. I like college, man. And I was like, I like NBA better, but it's starting to shift. <laughs> right. I've always, I don't care at all. <laughs> I've always appreciated college basketball more. And I, it's gotten even bigger. Put the politics aside. When they started playing essentially clear amount one on one basketball, wouldn't that start about almost 10 years ago? That's, that's when I started right. losing interest in the NBA because. The, the thing I like the most about basketball is the defense and the boxing out and getting rebounds and, and pushing the ball up the floor and the fast breaks and transition basketball is, is what I love. When you start getting this, 
throwing a three up, and if it goes in, great, and if it doesn't, it's a high moonshot rebound that someone grabs, and then they walk it up the court, and then they clear out, and they either throw it to a guy behind the three-point line, or they take a stupid James Harden shot that should never be shot, and right. the, and that and that's all it is. It's yeah. it's a pickup game. It's like it, it's man, it's been it, I've been taken up for it for so long. It's getting harder to defend. Like it's, the NBA, it's it's like starting to watch what I played in the late '80s on the local uh, Jacksonville pickup games. Right. But you know why we play like that? Because we didn't practice together. We didn't have any plays set. So we would just basically do one. The only thing we knew how to do is pick and roll. And so we would pick right. and roll, and that was about it. Because you were constantly just drafting guys on the spot. I'll take this guy. I'll take that guy. I'll take that guy. And away we go. But no one wants to watch that crap. You want to watch basketball for, you know, I hate to say it, but the days of Hoosiers movie type basketball right where they're right. where they're coming off screens and it's a beautiful like princeton, thing like Prince, princeton style <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful thing the thing to watch when it's played well but it's it's junk i hate to is say uh, that. my last my last question is the rams have the best defense in the nfl i think they've got one of them and i think that people need to quit sleeping on the rams as far as being a real contender in the nfc i think last yeah. year might have just been a, a blip and they might be back and uh, they're young. <laughs> they're young. They're back. But everyone keeps trying to focus on the fantasy aspect of them. And who do you start? And look at the big picture. They've got three really good receivers now, and because Van Jefferson's the real deal, and they have two very good tight ends. They've got a capable quarterback. People like to trash on golf, but he's a solid field general. And then they've got three running backs. That if one of them gets hurt, you're not going to be crippled because you've got, you know, Henderson, you've got Acres, and Malcolm Brown's nothing to snooze at. And then that defense, as long as Aaron Donald, they're fast, man. Yeah, they're fast. As long as Aaron Donald stays healthy and can put the pressure on him, and you got Ramsey back there, you can just basically lock down one part of the field with. That's yeah. a, that's a tough combination. Yeah, I'm surprised that, more that, people that aren't talking a, about. They could be the Super Bowl winners, and everyone's everyone's asleep on them. They're like, "Oh, right. look at look at the pe- I mean the look at well, let's focus on Cam Newton this week." What the hell? Why they suck? Uh, yeah. Oh, I called it this morning. Did I call it or did I call it? Charlie Morton signs with the Braves, one year, fifteen million dollars. We were just talking about that last hour. That's a huge, <laughs> huge get for the Atlanta Braves and cheap. And. uh I got to do something about my dog because, man, she's busting wind over here. <laughs> she's, too, she's too close to me. I'm stuck in a – all right, man, I, I, I got to hit the break. And I'm about to pass out over here from the excitement of Charlie Morton and the lack of excitement from my dog. <laughs> Have a great Bad Thanksgiving, dog. brother. You too, buddy. Be safe. Hey, sir, I'll, I'll see you next week. Uh, we're going to be back here in a flash on the armchair quarterback. So when we come back, we're going to put a cap on today. Got a couple of things to throw at you, in, in, including your Thanksgiving college football weekend. What does it look like in the MLS playoffs continue tonight? Huh? What? Nashville's in the playoffs. You better start watching, you sons of guns. We'll be back in a flash on the armchair quarterbacks. The eagle has landed. That's one small step for man. One giant win for man. You're riding Morning Shotgun with the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here weekdays, streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Well, I'm sure that I could be a movie star if 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. All you need to do is go to MyPillow.com, promo code armchair. That's MyPillow.com, use the promo code armchair. Or call 1-800-319-7392. The number is 1-800-319-7392. Remember, promo code armchair to get the best deal around. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Rock this funky joint. ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterback. Against the blitz. Touchdown, Florida State. Rock Preston. Scores the touchdown, and now it's Bowden's decision, and he sends Mowry onto the field right away. Danny Cannell is the holder. Mowry touches. This game is over. A 31-31 tie. A 31-31 tie. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Justin Ross, a freshman wide receiver, big, rangy. And Trevor Lawrence knows, throw it up against that single coverage. Give him a chance to make a play on a 50-50 ball. If you're a fan of the ACC, pull up an armchair. You're home. Weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings. It's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays. The armchair quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle! Ain't a middle finger on a t-shirt the establishment's trying to sell. It's a guy with the balls told the establishment could go to hell. It ain't about the money you make when a record gets sold. It's about doing it for nothing because it lives in your soul. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As uh, if you missed the breaking news, the Atlanta Braves have signed Charlie Morton. One year, $15 million. And away we go. As uh, very, very excited about that. Um, we've got... Uh, basically, we get Charlie Morton in for much cheaper. The Braves sign him. 
uh, to a one-year $15 million deal. Exciting news in the world of... Uh, have the mask on because my stupid dog, man, I'll tell you what, she is just killing me today with the freaking, I mean, come on. I told my wife a couple of days ago, I wanted to pin a freaking, was it air fresher on the back of her butt? It's getting ridiculous. Past few days. I think it's cause we have her on medicine. It's man. Normally it is. A, it, I will, it'll hit me when I hit the hallway after the show, but man, it just it suffocated me in here into the room. I don't know if she's sitting, I think she's sitting on a vent. Anyways, Charlie Morton to the Braves, big, big news. And uh, how exciting is that if you are a Braves fan? I'm just glad that we got this right. I, I didn't want to say it at the time, but I had gotten some knowledge that I was that a lot of people weren't privy to late last night on an email that said they, looked, they thought it was going to be a done deal and that I could go ahead and start telling people about it. I got wind of it like two days ago, and I mentioned a little bit on social media yesterday. This morning, I got the look. It will be shocked if it doesn't happen because... So anyways, the point is, Charlie Morton to the Braves, and uh, that's huge news for Atlanta. It's huge. They save money. Remember, that's cheaper than than what they had to, to, to pay Cole Hamels last year. Cole Hamels was... One year, was it 18, $18 million? Now, they didn't pay that whole thing, obviously, for obvious reasons with the pandemic, but that's what they were originally going to pay. Charlie Morton has been pretty solid. He's been pretty consistent. I don't know why more teams weren't lining up to pay him. Maybe he didn't have a lot of other places he wanted to go. I'm a little surprised that the Rays didn't want to bring him back, but they didn't, and so Charlie Morton is an Atlanta Brave. Um, to get into things that are actually really, really important going on in the world of sports. Uh, we're going to look at the college football lineup for this week. And we talked about the Thursday's game. Look, I'm just disappointed in college football. Colorado State Air Force, bleh, New Mexico State, New Utah State, bleh, and then there's no egg ball. Where's the egg ball? I remember as a kid, man, one of the, one of the things I liked the most about this weekend, not only was you have the Egg Bowl, they used to play the Texas A&M-Texas game. It started on Thursday nights, and they eventually morphed it into Friday mornings. Well, because of them no longer playing in the same conference, that has gone away. It's gone away in a big way, and I just hate it. I hate it for all that are involved because – that was a great rivalry you could look forward to on Thanksgiving weekend. College football, the one thing I will say they dropped the ball at, and this is all the conferences, is that you didn't allow cross-conference rivalries to take place, and so we don't get Florida State and Florida on Thanksgiving weekend. That's a crime. We don't get Clemson, South Carolina. That's a crime. We don't get Georgia Tech, Georgia. None of those games would I expect to be close, but it's the tradition of those games, and you get the hype, and even if you're the pull for the underdog, you get that 15 minutes before kickoff, you're like, you know, we can do this, and then reality kicks in, and you, you get your ass handed to you, but still, the point is, you look forward to that. You really do. You look forward to, to things like that, and uh, it was taken away, because it's so dumb that they, look, I get it not playing the other stupid ones. But you should have made it available to play one cross. The SEC dropped the ball. They should have allowed one crossover game. The ACC allowed 
one non-conference game, but they when, when the SEC said they weren't going to do it and the Big Ten said they weren't going to do it, it put them in a pickle and they ended up everyone ended up playing someone meaningless, right? Florida State played Jacksonville State. Um, that game should have been Florida. So I know a lot of Florida State fans are like, no way, dude, because we wouldn't have won and at least we got a W. I don't want to watch Florida State versus Jacksonville State in a season where you have limited number of games. I don't mind it in a 13-game season, 12-game season, I mean, uh, and one of your games is, is, is a bobo. But when you are taking your season down to where there are no non-conference games except for one, that one non-conference game, Someone should have played BYU, by the way, out of the ACC. Bad job by ACC. I don't think anyone wanted to play BYU. Um, I don't think I gave my top five. I'll give it tomorrow with Sean. Um, I think I started to, and then I got sidetracked. But uh, Spoiler alert, BYU's in my top five, and they're going to stay in my top five until someone knocks them out. Because it's not fair to to BYU as good as they've looked to not have played, not had the a chance to play someone. The Pac-12 is not going to play BYU. By the way, they open that up and BYU fans get excited. They're just not going to do it. They're going to go, oh well, game got canceled. We're not going to play this game. We don't want to play BYU. They're going to hand our hand our ass to us. Um, Friday games in college football they're a little better, not much. But at least you do get one great game. Iowa State, Texas. That's the noon kickoff. That's exciting. That should be a really good game. That could be for all the marbles in the Big 12, or at least a slot to play in the Big 12 championship game. If you haven't watched Iowa State yet, they're a lot of fun. I highly suggest watching it. Notre Dame plays North Carolina that day, too. I believe that's the 3.30 kickoff, so you're going to get a good doubleheader. Um, I think the evening game, but it might be an afternoon game, is Stanford-Cal. That's a good rivalry game. I don't know if it's of that much of interest, but, of course, that's the, it always makes you think of the 1982 clash where the band is on the field, the band is on the field. Uh, Oregon State-Oregon. The Civil War, that takes place Friday night, I believe it's 7 or 8 o'clock Eastern, so at least the whole world gets a chance to watch it. And Nebraska-Iowa is played mid-afternoon. Look, that game is probably not going to be close, but I will say this, even with it not being close, I'm glad they're playing it because it is that is actually a traditional Friday afternoon game, Nebraska, Iowa. When I say traditional, I mean it's it's been in the last twenty years. You used to get Nebraska, Oklahoma. Man, I wish Nebraska would just go back to the Big Twelve. It would make the world right. If you have to even it out and give them a team, I don't know. Hell, give them Iowa State. That'd be a lot of fun. Put Iowa State and Iowa in the same division. Same conference. Iowa State as a decent football program. Shoot, they might even uh, give Wisconsin and Iowa a run for their money every year. You got to do something to spice up the, the, the Big Ten Western Division. It's boring. Saturday, we get Pittsburgh versus Clemson. 
Pittsburgh versus Clemson. Um, that should be an interesting game because Clemson having the sour grapes that they have. We'll see if uh, that that bleeds into this week because that could be dangerous. You keep complaining about the game you didn't play and you're and you're not focused on. Remember, Pittsburgh knocked off Clemson a couple of years ago, so it's not an Elder Rowan possibility. And Pittsburgh's got a decent football team. They've got a good, solid defense. They've got a senior quarterback who will probably play in the league. I don't know if he's going to be a star, but I could see I could see. Pritchett being in the in the league as a solid backup for years to come. And they've got a decent running game. That all that spells trouble for a team that is looking in the rear view mirror of a game they didn't get a chance to play. They lose that game. It's a wrap, man. I think I think it'll be Miami Notre Dame in the ACC title game. Colorado Southern Cal is Saturday. That should be a lot of fun. The Iron Bowl is Saturday, so at least we get that, right? At least we get the Iron Bowl, so I'm excited for that. And then a couple of other games of interest. Um, for you Florida State fans, they play Virginia Saturday night. Only a Florida State or Virginia fan are going to watch that. That's probably one of the most boring matchups you can come up with. But uh, Florida State does have a decent chance of pulling off that victory, though Virginia's been playing better football the last th few weeks. Maryland, Indiana, we talked about that. That should be a lot of fun. And LSU plays Texas A&M. LSU plays Texas A&M. So we look forward to that. And uh, before we go to run out of here, remember, Nashville is in the MLS playoffs. And that game is tonight. Orlando is is awaiting the winner of the New England-Philly game, which is going to be played tonight. The winners of these games are going to move on, and they won't play again until Sunday afternoon. Why? I don't know. Why the hell did you pick Sunday? What, you couldn't go Saturday or Monday? You're going to go up against the NFL? All right, whatever, bozos. But that that is what they're doing, and um, I'm going to try to keep an eye on, on that Nashville game. I'm getting more and more to the MLS playoffs. That was an, By the way, we have a chance to talk about it because, well, we're going to run out of time again. Uh, my touch on tomorrow. But that incredible Orlando game, I watched the second half of that game on through the overtime. Incredible way for a playoff game to finish. If you missed it, um, there's probably a YouTube video by now about it. It was an incredible, incredible game. Uh, tonight, though, at 6 p.m. Eastern, you get Nashville-Toronto. 8 p.m., New England-Philly. Once again, Orlando plays the winner of that game. And then late tonight, Seattle versus LAFC. So all those teams are trying to win to move on to the next round. The Nashville game, by the way, they are the host team. So I don't know what they're doing about fans in the stands for those games. But uh, if you get a chance and you're in the Nashville area, that should be a lot of fun to go out and watch it, watch a game this weekend. Uh, let's go ahead and turn back time and get the hell out of here. How about that? We're actually doing it fairly on time this, this morning. I apologize to you affiliates that always go, man, we always have to cut you off, man, because you never stop talking. I do apologize for that. Let's turn back time. On this date, 1957, the great Jim Brown sets club record with 237 yards rushing. 
237 yards rushing. In those days and age, man, that's saying something. This date, 1960s, man, so that's been, what, 60 years ago? So the Jim Brown thing was 63 years ago. In this date, 1960, 60 years ago to the day, Wilt Chamberlain pulled down 55 rebounds in a game. 55 rebounds in a game. You'll never see anyone get close to that. Maybe maybe Tristan Thompson will do it for for the Celtics this year. Uh, also, on this date, 1976, the great Joe Morgan wins his second straight NL MVP. Still one of the most underrated players in the history of sport. And in this date, 1982, one of my favorite all-time players, Cal Ripken Jr., is named the American League Rookie of the Year. He and Storm Davis and... The Orioles would go on to win the World Series the following season. We were big Storm Davis fans back in the day because of uh, him being from Jacksonville. If you wonder why I'm randomly mentioning Storm Davis. He was a good solid pitcher in uh, major leagues in the 80s. Solid pitcher. Uh, his uh, stepbrother, Glenn Davis, was a... Uh, was a was hell to be reckoned with too. Uh, first baseman for the Astros. People don't remember him. They called him the Milkman because the Milkman always delivered. He was, you know what his swing reminds me of. Uh, today's player, imagine a DJ LeMahieu, but he played first base. That's what Glenn Davis' swing reminds me of. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. Uh, sorry, the something weird with my uh, speaker. Um, birthdays on this date. Still kick it. Is he really only sixty years old? No, okay, never mind. I saw the wrong. Seventy-two years. No, eighty-two years old today. He's 82? Oscar Robinson, the big O, 82 years old today. I did not know he was from Charlotte, Tennessee. Of course, he was the uh, Olympic gold medal in 1960. At the time, the big O in his heyday, people still argued that the, the, the big O is the greatest of all time. You get someone in their 60s and 70s talking about basketball, they're going to talk about Oscar Robinson. I, I didn't get a chance to see him play, but I'm always well aware of him. Um, other birthdays today. Throw a couple more at you, and then we'll jump off of here. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people remember Tony Klein, uh, NFL tight end for the Buffalo Bills, but he is 49 today. And we'll throw one more out at you. This is kind of a slow day for birthdays, but I try not to do the ones that are, you know, the ones I think are going to be hitting on ESPN and whatnot. Um, let's throw one more out at you. Um, Al Martin. Anyone remember Al Martin? I remember Al Martin left-handed, uh, outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course he played for other teams, but, uh, wow. Al Martin, 53 years old today. I had Al Martin on fantasy football teams. Have a great Tuesday. Y'all. Like I said, MLS triple header of playoffs. There is stuff to watch. 
Uh, I haven't checked the college football slate, but I'm sure there's there's college football on because, well, there's always college football on, right? Seems like we never get a day where, where you don't have college football kicking. Um, but I'm going to be locked into the MLS playoffs, especially the Nashville game. And then tomorrow we got Sean O'Toole on the program. We have Tony Agolini on the program. I'm sure he's got some thoughts about the college basketball being postponed. And we will be doing a lot of stuff we normally do on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. So fear not, y'all. We're going to cram it all in tomorrow because uh, we will have no show on Thanksgiving, Friday, Saturday. or No, th- no show on Thanksgiving, no show on Black Friday, and no show. Uh, shows on Saturday and Sunday like we normally have. So there it doesn't look like we have a um game tonight. I think what might have happened is we might have gotten some games canceled due to the pandemic. So maybe that maybe there were some that were supposed to be played. The only college football game that I see slated in the near future were, were the terrible ones that we talked about. They're going to take place on um, Thursday. So it doesn't look like we have college basketball action tonight. So we were supposed to start a college college football action. Anyways, we'll get out of here. Watch you some MLS. Hell, maybe clean out your DVR today. Looking for some good things to watch. I'm telling you, Queen's Gambit, if you haven't watched it, it's a really good series. Uh, I watched another one. Look. If you're looking for a good one to watch with maybe your wife or girlfriend or whatnot, and you're like, man, okay, what can I watch? It's just not going to bore me to tears, but she wants me to watch something that's lovey-dovey or whatnot that's more of a romantic comedy. There is a series that was on Netflix called Love. That's just all it's called is Love. It's not terrible. It's, it's, it's okay. It's entertaining. If you're looking for something to score points with your wife, maybe watch that. Um, I contend it would have been better as a romantic comedy movie that they stretched it out into a series a little bit much, but they had three seasons just finished watching it. I had it would have it on in the background, so to speak. It's not terrible. It, it, there's some funny stuff. So that's, that's my recommendation for today. We will see you manana. Oh, and by the way, the conspiracies thing on Netflix has, has been pretty damn good too. I got some others that I'm gonna start diving into and I'll let y'all know about those. We'll see you manana. Sean O'Toole, Tony Agolini, and McGee. We'll do it right on a what it'll bet you essentially it'll be a Friday. So we're gonna treat it like a Friday. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app.
you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like 